to all you Oklahomans who are interested in getting backstage with some really fascinating people. Welcome to Pepper's Podcast. Hey, it's Pepper again with Pepper's Podcast. Tonight is episode three. Oklahoma City has one of the coolest music scenes I've ever seen. And tonight we have the lead singer of LCG and the X, a local band that is really making headlines. I'd like to introduce now the lead singer of that band, Morgan Hartman. Hello. Morgan, great to see you. Thank you for coming out. This is amazing. This is literally a dream come true to me to get to talk to a rock star. Well, you're welcome. So like any interview, I kind of want to know, how did you get started in the music scene? Well, um, I think it started in the local music scene. Probably I just was, I just went for it when I was 18. I just found a group of musicians and tried to fill in the gaps that I couldn't at the time, which was like, you know, guitar, bass, drums. And they had already been in the scene a lot. They were a little older than me. And so just started a band and started playing locally at little bars when we could. Okay. So as I ask questions and you give response, there's going to be times that I interrupt you and it's not to be discourteous or rude. Uh, but this is fascinating to me. You're 18 years old. You take the risk to get on stage. Would you tell the 18-year-old girls, 18-year-old guys now to do the same thing, to risk it? Or would you tell them to wait? Oh, definitely risk it. Because the only way you're going to, if you have stage fright, I had horrific stage fright. And the only way I got over it was just embarrassing myself like a thousand times to the point where nothing really scares me or embarrasses me now because I've made so many terrible, terrible mistakes in front of a good amount of people so many times. And so now, I mean, I would have to really mess up to go back to the drawing board of where I started, which was pretty brutal, I'm sure. <laughs> and it begs the question, Morgan, tell us about the very first time you stepped on stage. Oh my God, I used to convulsively shake just like, Every time I would get in front of people, even my friends would be like, I'd be like, I want to be a musician. I want to be a singer. I want to perform. And they would be like, okay, well, play me a song. I'd be like, I wrote a song. And I'd be like, okay. And they'd be like, one, two. And I'd be like, ah. <laughs> and they're like, just, it would, this would take like an hour because they'd be like, just sing this song. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. too nervous. And so then I was like, you just got to do it. So then I enrolled in a school for vocals and music and then you had to perform with a band they set you up with every friday i mean you had to it was part of your grade so really had no option and i froze many times there too i mean it was i would write the lyrics on my arms and be like <laughs> this is amazing. Do, just go freeze so the first time you step on stage where's the venue how many people and what's the first song you throw up Oh, well, it was an original song. The first time was at Belle Isle Brewery when I was, I think, 19. No, I was 20, but I wasn't even old enough to drink. Yeah, and it was with... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical. Typical. <laughs> but, um, and so I, it was right after, I think, a Thunder game. Wait, was it? 
I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of a different show. We had one really bad show because the Thunder just lost and they're like, okay, you're up. And everyone was like, mad. <laughs> like, we don't really want to hear music right now. <laughs> so the first time you step on stage, Bricktown Brewery, big crowd, um, you're singing a original song that you wrote? Yeah, all the songs were original. I don't like, I didn't ever want to do covers. I did covers in school t- when I was getting used to singing in front of people and not really good at remembering but I mean I like karaoke and stuff but no I do all my own original songs even from the beginning that's my favorite part about is writing songs and so uh the theme of this podcast what I want to convey to the audience to everybody listening is taking risks uh pursuing dreams the ups and downs and 18 19 years old you take the risk you step on stage you put it all out there um initially how were you received I mean, everyone was always super nice and really supportive, even though it must have been terrible, terrible, terrible. But so I appreciate that, whoever you are. Or maybe at the time, I think anytime you're genuine and put yourself out there and are trying to accomplish something from the bottom of your heart and they can tell you love what you're doing, they support you. And that's for people that are younger and wanting to go in front of other people to sing or perform one thing is the more comfortable you are, the more comfortable they're going to be. They just want to have a good time and they don't know if you're going to suck or be awkward or do something weird. So the more comfortable you are, the more comfortable they are. And there's a lot of really nice freedom in knowing that. And, and you took the risk with your music. Uh, why music? What, what is music to you? What, what is Morgan Hart? Why is that your passion? I don't know. Sometimes it's more of a plight because it's it's a really hard industry to be in and try to do. And it's kind of self-involved, you know. It's like, why does anyone care what I have to say? Or do I even have anything at all to say? I still don't know, you know. But there's this weird gravitational pull I've always had since I was two. I just, I like to perform in front of people. I like attention. I like to dress up and put on a show and everyone to look at me and know and have confidence that I'm going to put on a really good show and give them a strange experience that they don't really expect. Maybe I hope they don't expect it. I hope I give them more than they anticipate it every single time. So, I mean, it's just, it's a weird thing. You have to be a weird person to even want to do it. I still don't understand why I want to do it, but I don't think I could not do it ever. And, and what you said was fascinating in that you you, you say the music industry is a hard industry. Um, every industry is a hard industry. I mean, I talked to Brandon Baird last week. He was a professional baseball player and never made it to the actual show. Um, you are a local musician. And what does it take? What do you feel would take you to the national level, the international level, something that we would consider in baseball the big show? Well, see, I mean, that's part of finding out the formula for that, or even if that's what you want to do, not everyone wants to do that. And there's so many degrees and levels of that. Like, of course, there's like Ariana Grande, but I don't think that's really going to be my path. You're which better is not than what Ariana I want. Grande I, anyway. Just different. But um, I mean, what I just, my goal was always to, have a few great pieces of art and bodies of work to my name. And like I said before, it takes a weird person to want to do something like this. It's 
kind of dumb, but really fulfilling and awesome at the same time. And it's a lot of people that want to do it have problems personally and mentally, you know, with depression or anxiety or ADHD, and they're just a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, and, yeah, but that that's what that's what people relate to, I believe. So when yeah. when, when you go on stage, do you feel that you are expressing yourself? Or do you feel like you're sharing something, hoping that people can relate to it, can associate to it and say, hey, this song's about me? Yeah, well, that's been a big part of the journey also, because, you know, when I first started, I just wanted to perform. And, you know, when you're in 20, early 20s, you're just a self-involved person. Most everyone is, you know. And so once you, as an artist, you have this journey where you start, you're, kind of having this pull towards why you want to do it it might just be I think I have these awesome ideas even though you probably don't and then it goes to being able to make those ideas streamline them and make them ambiguous so that they can apply to everybody and then make sure you have the right reasons why you're wanting to do it is it just for pure catharsis you know because you have issues that you need to get out and you're doing that through performing or writing which is a big part of it and that's really relatable and or is it because, you know, you have this ability to kind of hone in and think of what people, how you want to shift a culture, which is the bigger picture, kind of to go back on your question before, as far as like what degree of an artist would you want to be and how do you get there? It just depends. Every journey is going to be different for every person. I don't know even know what mine is yet. I just want to keep creating. And since I've gotten older now, I can streamline it a little more and have an idea of exactly what I want to say for a purpose that I want to serve. And it's, it's just, it's been a huge growing process over the past 10 years. And so when you write songs, do you feel like the songs are conveying something that you feel you need to get off your chest or are you writing songs that you think people would relate to? Um, let me, let me say it differently. Do you write for you or do you write for an audience? I do both. And the strange part is, I don't know if everyone experiences this, but a lot of it's subconscious. It's just sometimes I don't even remember writing the things I write. It just comes from, I don't know, the moment. And I have a huge bank and body of work that I go back to at this point. I mean, thousands and thousands of songs and little things I've written just over the last 15 years that I kind of go back to. And sometimes your mind, I don't know why this happens, but in my experience, it puzzles everything together in a strange way that ends up almost, even if you had a message you started with, like I'm going to write about this heartbreak situation I was in recently. I wasn't, but the, for no example. Girls and so <laughs> no one's going to break my heart. That's honey. right. <laughs> Except my own. Morgan, your heart's too big to break. I'm Morgan Hartman. (laughs) But um, so then sometimes this song ends up just becoming something completely different on its own that still applies to you in a strange way. And and that's how you get that ambiguousness of because all of a sudden the pieces come together and it applies to you and you didn't even necessarily know what was going to or what it even means anymore. But it has it takes on a whole new life. And that's one of the most wonderful things about songwriting to me is watching a little song grow into something strange and weird. And you're like, where did that come from in my mind? I don't even. And then people tell you, like, how did you write that? And you're like, I 
don't know. I mean, so it's a creative process and it's a, it's a reward. I mean, so you go through uh, a lot, a lot of versions of the song. It evolves. And when, when you're done with the song, do you have an aha moment that this is it? Or when you're done with the song and you record it, do you go back and say, I should have done this, I should have done this? Or is it a little bit of everything? Yeah, it's really easy to get tunnel vision, especially for me. I'm kind of a perfectionist. I get really, I love details and I like little subtle nuances. And I think in recording and writing songs, it's the little subtleties that really take it a step above what other people are willing to do or hone in on. And so but I also, that can be a little too busy and keep me bogged down on one thing when it's not necessarily the concern. Or it might sound fine, but in my mind, I'm like, it can always be better. I do that all the time. And I write with a big group of musicians around here. Um, well, mainly just two that I write with um, a lot these days. And they're really good at telling me like, okay, let's go to the next detail. Like, that's okay. <laughs> it can't, it can't. Keep going, Morgan. Um, so, so we talked a little bit about the why you do what you do. And I think a lot of the listeners, especially the young men and women who are interested in pursuing a music career, don't know the how. How do they get started? Okay. They're... <laughs> I knew this was gonna So they get a cat, basically, <laughs> and that's the first step. Um, what, how, my, uh, I have a 19-year-old niece. Um, she's writing songs and plays the guitar, piano. What, what does she do next? I mean, what, what is like literally your advice to someone who says, okay, I'm ready to take a risk. What do I do? Well, I mean, I would think what you would do would be, I mean, from my experience of what I've done is get with a group of people that are probably more talented than you and then try to learn how? from them. That's the only way. But, but how do you find these people? In Oklahoma, how do you find this group of people that's uh, talented? You go to shows and you just network and try to meet people. I mean, unfortunately, you can meet a lot of them in the bar scene. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, she's so, only 19, so that won't work. Um, networking, um, the, the local music scene is really, really strong in Oklahoma City. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID? Uh, what, where would um, 19, 20, 21-year-old aspiring musicians go to start networking? Well, I mean, honestly, nowadays you can do a lot of stuff online, especially if you're 19 and young, I mean, and attractive and talented. I mean, you can get on TikTok and do, a, or Instagram and just utilize your own friend base and then network from there digitally. That's the great thing about it. I know people complain about music and the digital era that we're in, but there's a lot of huge assets to it. But um, otherwise, if you're 19, I mean, I just don't really know because I would say open mic, but you, most of those are going to be in bars. And so, um, so the, um, the aspiring young people who want to become part of the music scene uh, there's online avenues, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook probably has something. And oh, yeah. when, when 
when you have some songs that you guys have written and you have your band that's put the music to the songs, what's the next step? How, how do you put a song onto a medium that you can share? Well, I mean, you need to have someone produce an engineer. Like I would do, I always start, we start with an EP, just a six song little EP that we recorded really as cheap as we could back in my first band. Um, when I was like 20, that's what we did. We just, I mean, we had friends, but I don't know. Cause I went to school for music when I was like 20. And so I met tons of musicians there. So I networked, I just went out there and networked a lot and met a ton of people and made that like my one ambition. And, you know, you kind of manifest those things if that's what you're like, that's what I'm going to do. And then you go out and make it happen, whether or not you even know you're doing it or not a lot of the time. So, I mean, I was like, I'm going to go to school for it. And then I met a bunch of people that way. I reached out for friends. I gravitated towards people that were really talented, more talented than me, and then did everything I could to learn. You date them, date them all, date all the musicians. <laughs> that's exactly. That's right. kind of what I did. <laughs> that was not the best advice, but it worked. <laughs> hey, Morgan, you be you. I mean, I'll back it. Um, so for the parents, uh, these aspiring artists, artists, how, how do they make money? I mean, how, how do you how do you fund this risk that you're taking? Well, um, you can do it on the cheap, try to find people that friends that also want experience. We like when we started and I still working with someone now on another project that, you know, he's just finished school for production and engineering, audio engineering, and he needs to get his name out there. So he wants to work with other artists that he knows is going to have a good product. So then they also have a little following already so that he can get his stuff out and be like, Hey, pay me to do this. So now he's kind of producing things and working with me for free. So I mean, it's a kind of a win-win. There's a lot of bartering that can go into the getting started. If you don't have any money, cause it's just, I mean, to get a good record done, it's, I mean, eight to thousand dollars. It's just, that's cheap. It's just so expensive depending on how you want to do it. But in what your music is, if you're an acoustic person, I mean, you might be able to learn, like learn the system yourself. That's what I've been doing. Cause I'm kind of tired of depending on other people at this point, I've dated everyone in the music scene. I don't want to do it anymore. And so now I got to do it. Tired. You're worn I'm out. tired. I'm tired. And I, I swore off dating musicians. And so <laughs> I found myself a nice boy. But, um, <laughs> And so now I've got, you know, Morgan, the for the record, is, there's no nice boys. I mean, that's just a fact. That's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm smart. But <laughs> I got a program for like 200 bucks and you just learn to sit and set for hours and hours and months and months and just learned how to produce my own music, at least to demo it enough. But okay. a lot of freedom in that. So you're producing this music. Um, what avenue, how, how do you get the music that you've produced to, yeah. to distribution to 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 actually start making money what happens well you have to get through an aggregator it's there's different ones online that, that, like, that word sounds CD. made up what is that i don't know what an aggregator i just made is. i just made it up i, I felt that no, I was I, yeah <laughs> it's a they basically distribute is a music distribution company. Like there's one called CD baby. That's who we, I've always used a CD baby and they will, you sign up 
you can do a subscription base or it's per, it's per album or per song. It's cheaper to do a full album and they'll just put your stuff on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Amazon, distribute it to record, depending on what tier you get in their market or like their categories of their product you can have they can you can be on all sorts of stuff it just depends how much money you want to spend they'll distribute it across the world you can have it in record stores that might be it's kind of antiquated at this point but you can still do it depending on what plan you get but there's all kinds of them there's distro kit that's another one that might be a little cheaper gets you on like tiktok faster it just depends but that's probably that's what you'd have to do you have to get with a distribution company Makes sense. So you've been playing music 10, uh, 12 years on stage. Tell us some of your favorite moments. What stands out as highlights in Morgan Hartman's career? Oh my gosh. There's so many categories. There's Halloween. There's how drunk was I? There's let's do let's do it. Let's do it. How drunk were you? Halloween. And um, weird and then, crowds. And then sickness. There's 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 illnesses. There's been so many <laughs> different illnesses I've had to play with that are just interesting. <laughs> um, so Halloween is always super fun. We usually do a Halloween cover, and we just look spooky and be like, cool. it's fun to do that Halloween, with the band. Like Monster Mash. I mean, what kind of a Halloween cover? Oh, uh. I push for that one. There's I'll no. always push for Monster Mash. Kill it. You'll kill it. <laughs> no, we do like, um, last time we did Dragula by Rob Zombie, but <laughs> we made it our own. It was really good, actually, but that was super fun. Halloween shows are just super festive and awesome, and everyone's excited, and everyone looks crazy, and you can do a little more makeup. I like the theatrics of being on stage and getting to be a little wild, especially in a cohesive sense with the band. It's easier to do on Halloween. Everyone's more down to get wild with it dressed wise. And then drunk wise, I mean that's that's yeah. the early twenties. <laughs> Not the smartest thing, but that's what I mean about when you're really nervous. And I would say this to younger musicians, you're gonna be nervous. Just try not to drink so much. You don't need it. <laughs> um the the pitfalls, lessons learned the the downside what can you tell us that future musicians can look out for that they should avoid well um i mean there's a lot of issues with getting paid for playing especially when you're first starting out you think that all these places are doing you a huge favor just for letting you play there and that's not necessarily the truth you're doing a service to them and their patrons you're not there to sell their beer you know what i mean and so make sure just i would say go in with a little more pride about what you're doing and your the service you're providing and then make sure you're you have your standards in mind as far as what you want to ask for you know especially if you're starting out you know be reasonable about it but just go in with the attitude that you know you're not here to work and you're here to put on a performance and give a service and you're just blessed to be able to perform there you know you're blessing other people with your presence and your talent and that's a hard thing to do and it's really scary and it's really vulnerable and so just go in there with confidence knowing that you deserve to be there you don't owe anyone anything 
and otherwise I would say just um, pay people for their time. If you, once you get to a place where you hire musicians or, and then also I like I said earlier, you know, you have to depend on other people and kind of do a mentorship with people that might be probably should be more talented than you. But then eventually, you know, don't sell yourself short. Realize that you have a lot of talent and you can do a lot on your own. You don't need other people all the time. I'm it took me years to realize that I was really dependent on other people and I probably could have been honing in on my own skills a little bit more instead of relying so much on others to carry me because that's annoying for them and you don't grow as much so realize when it's time to take that next step towards investing in yourself and your talent and, and this is a hard question but I, I think it's a I think it's a realistically necessary question I am all in favor of people taking risks and stepping out of their comfort zone pursuing dreams but as a professional musician, when should the people who are taking these risks acknowledge this ain't their thing? Um, in other words, can you can you feel, can you tell when young artists don't have it, aren't going to make it? Um, and is that something that you're able to share with us and kind of elaborate on because what what scares me sometimes is to say everybody should pursue their dreams which I agree with and, it, and it's not it's not negative um, but some people don't have it how do you know um well I mean I think and that is a tricky conversation I mean there's a lot of people I definitely like to be like hey maybe not your thing but, but, um, I, mean, I, I, don't, I still don't know what that guy's saying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of the worst. Um, I would say, I mean, to me, it's down to authenticity. A lot of people really believe that they're supposed to be doing that, but they'd never find their own voice. They just emulate other artists or people. And that always really bugs me because, and I used to do it too. It took me a long time to find my own voice. And that comes down to doing it for the right reasons. And a lot of people fall off on their own because they don't really care. They might just want attention which is fine. Like, that's great. But there's a lot of ways to do that. But um, I would say it comes down to authenticity, whether or not you're being genuine about why you want to do this. And if you want to say something, and like I said, have any stake in the culture, or if you're just really good at it, then you're just really good at it. But if you're just kind of going at it, trying to sing like Jack Johnson or something, just get out. No, that makes perfect sense. So I'm going to try to paraphrase what you just said. Um, the music industry welcomes authentic musicians and maybe, maybe not. The culture is right at the time for that to be accepted by the audiences. But your advice is don't copy, don't mimic, be yourself. And if it's something that timing and talent work, you'll be successful. And if it's just not right. Turn the page and move on. Well, it's like anything. It's not magical. It's not like just because you tried, you get to be a part of it. It's, I mean, it's, I might, I mean, it just, you can be, there's a ton of super talented, really, really incredible people will never know. But it, I mean, it just comes down to proximity, your resources, 
how much you want to go for it. And if you are, like you said, if you are in on the right time with culture and you can hone in on that and know exactly what it's looking for at the time and become viral or popular, it's just, it is who knows who's going to do that. Some people that really don't seem to have a lot of talent and just do mimic get hugely popular. It, it just depends. There's not really, I don't see any reason or rhyme behind it besides resources talent to an extent even that you can still work around but it's kind of just up to chance and how far you want to go with it and it's like you know anything um in my law firm the success we've had the last guest i had was brandon baird professional baseball player and you as a local very very popular artist luck seems to be a pretty consistent theme, whether it's litigation, um, whether it's athletics, whether it's music, you got to have a break. Um, do you think that in the music industry here locally, people get the breaks that they would in other industries like LA, Dallas, Nashville? Um, do you think that if I am an aspiring young artist, Oklahoma presents the same opportunities as other areas? I mean, I don't really know for sure, but it, it just depends. That's what I meant about the digital thing. I've had a few friends that have gone viral and then gone to LA or New York and done stuff and are extremely successful and making a lot of money off of it, kind of incidentally, like not necessarily pushing anything. So, I mean, nowadays, yeah, you totally can. You can just live on TikTok or Instagram or anywhere or Spotify and get on some playlists, get on some commercials. It just depends what you want to do. If you want to tour with a band, I don't know. You probably have to go to L.A. Yeah, and go cycle through that monster. But I haven't really done that yet. But we'll see. So what's your next step? What's, what's the next step for LCG and the X? For LCG and the X, right now I just got to buckle down and start doing some online work and try to push I try to push some licensing things with the music and network and that way online people not in Oklahoma to try and see if we get our outreach spread a little farther. Um, otherwise, with the pandemic, I mean, it's really hard. I'm sure we'd love to play shows, but it's just not really doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. Maybe a live, maybe a recorded show could be nice. We'll see. But, um, and then otherwise I'm always writing. I've got a bunch of other, about two or three, three other projects that I'm working on right now. Hopefully we'll release this year. All right. Spoiler alert. What are the projects? Oh, one, well, I mean, I already said too much. But, <laughs> That's okay, nobody's um, going to watch this anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, secrets, secret stays here then. Um, right. One, I, one has... I got, I got to tell you a funny story. Um my brother and I were in the, on the West Coast somewhere, and we were at a dinner. And he asked me a question, and I go, I'm not going to answer that. And he <laughs> goes, 
you're in your circle of trust. And there was like 15 people at this table. It's a big dinner. And I go, my brother's name's Dustin. I go, Dustin, I don't know anybody here besides you. How can this be my circle of trust? He's like, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. Okay, okay. So, uh, all right. Give us, give us some teasers about the new projects. The new projects, I mean, I don't, they're so in the beginning right now. It's, it, there's not even much to tease besides this kind of weird tease I'm trying to do now that's not really working at all. Um, that is the most elusive answer I have ever heard in my life. That's like, I'm really, that's it, my superpower. you multiple superpowers. That's one of them. Um, in the courtroom, we call that objection non responsive. Uh, <laughs> but since we're not, nope. since you're not sworn in, uh, we'll keep moving on, I guess. Um, the, the, the theme of luck and the theme of Oklahoma being the, literally the home of just some amazing opportunities. What is something that you think separates LCG and the X from the other local bands? What, what makes LCG and the X unique? Um, well, for sure, I would say we try to be, we're all pretty authentic. We're pretty down to earth people. We just like to put on a good performance. And for each individual in the band, that means, I think that comes across a little different, which is fun because you get some variety there. I'm kind of wacky on stage. Caitlin looks uh, like she's going to Wacky on stage and off stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think you're, you're like one of the few. You're like one of the few performers that has to dial it down when you get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. I really do. I go oh. squirrely real quick on them. So, uh, Caitlin, she what, what does she do in the band? She plays drums. Okay. And uh, who else? Who, who What comprises LCG and the X? Yeah. Caitlin um, on drums. Caitlin on drums. Caitlin's sister, Alyssa, plays bass. Billy, our friend Billy, plays um, guitar and some keyboard. And he's actually in the other one of the other projects I'm going to release this year. It's just me and him. Um, and then Pilar, Peely, you know, my friend, she plays guitar as well. And so that's that's the five of us right there. And did the chemistry of LCG and the X, was it pretty immediate or is it something that evolved, became more solid? Um, how does a, how do, how is a leader of a band really figure out who works, who doesn't work? How do you know when you have a band? You just know, I don't know, or you're just desperate and you just are like, perfect. It's, it's kind of like the dating the scene in the music industry. Yeah. It'll do. No, um, we, were, I mean, we had been best friends or really close friends for, I mean, years and years and years before that. The starting the band was kind of a long time coming. We had talked about it for years and uh, the band was called LCG and the X because we were all dating members from another band called Larry Chin. 
And so the original name was Larry Chin's Girlfriends and the Ex. Because <laughs> one of our members had kind of a brutal breakup with their lead singer. So she was the ex. and we were, But then now, now none of us are dating him except Peely's married to one of them. So that's why we're cursed. Just yeah, now you can't leave it. Yeah. Uh, but LC, um, so that, Larry Chin's girlfriends <laughs> and the ex. Okay, that's a little bit of a backstage pass. Uh, we're always at their shows watching them play, and then we're like, we, why don't we just start our own thing, you know? And so Larry Chin's band uh, are they still around, or did the girlfriends or outlive Larry Chin's band? No, I mean, I think we outlived their band, but their lead singer, <laughs> one of my best friends, actually, their lead singer was in my first band, Feathered Rabbit, that I was in. He's one of my all-time best friends. He's he's they're super cool guys. All of them are. Um, they're all in different projects now. That they're great musicians. So they kind of disperse and do their own thing at this point. So I don't think Larry Chin is still a band. But they're so at the, at the end of the day, Larry song. Chin's girlfriends turned out to be better than Larry Chin's boys. No, no it's okay. Just, you can say it. No, that's, <laughs> on the record, that's not that's not what we're saying. Fair they're enough. our good friends. <laughs> they're wonderful um, okay so the you guys are working on some projects there's really nothing going on uh concert wise when oklahoma opens back up and you guys start playing again where can we expect lcg and the x to be playing um probably Almost said the Ford Center. We're <laughs> <laughs> going back in time. <laughs> yes, Big Chesapeake Arena. The Ford Center. It's like I guess telling my my age. Oh yes. Now I don't know exactly what that is, but I like it. I don't know if they go like this or like. Yeah. Well, you had them up upside down. That's per- there. There it is. Um. So. Kind of wrapping up, Morgan, your advice as someone that's been there and done that, and that that is invaluable to anybody, take the risk, step on stage, you're going to mess up, you're going to make mistakes. The more times you step on stage, the more comfortable you get, the more comfortable you get, the more success you have, the more success you have, the more people are going to be booking you, bringing you in, and confidence and what you're bringing to the table, that is the lesson from you. Yeah. And just um, go into it for the right reasons. You know, what do you want to do this for? Do you or you want to go in there to, because you know you're a great performer and you know maybe you're not right now, but you know you have the tools to become what you want to be and then work towards that relentlessly. I mean, that's all you can do with anything. And if you're some weirdo that wants to do this all the time and write songs about things you made up or things in your own life or, you know, a mixture of the two, then you just have to do that. Um, but yeah, just go in there and don't try to be anyone else. Cause they already have all of that. Just try to create something new. And I, 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 I know you. And so I'm comfortable in saying that what people see on stage is just a fraction of what goes into the output the, there is a lot of hard work. There's a lot of effort, time in putting on a show. And 
the show is the reward, not only for the audience, but for the musicians. Is that right? Yeah, and the end of the show is the biggest reward. <laughs> so what happens at the end of the show? It's done. <laughs> no, it's I, over. I, I, I like the local band scene. I, I've gone to some shows. Um, but seeing you on stage, when you're on stage, you're having fun. You can tell that that is your element, that you're enjoying the time on stage. And it shows um, one, of, one of my favorite memories, and I'm guessing this is six, seven years ago, your band was playing at 8th and Hudson, and there were a few hundred people, and, and that is probably underestimating how many people were there, uh, and you grabbed my daughter and pulled her up on stage, and you two howled in the mic for maybe 30 seconds, a minute, <laughs> and um, not only was that fun, um, unanticipated, but the crowd really went nuts. And so does the crowd react more to your performance, your energy, or does the crowd react more to the quality and the lyrics of this song when you're performing live? I think it's a little bit of all of it, but basically the energy is a big one. And like I said a while ago, you know, they want to be comfortable. They are nervous too for you. <laughs> So then if you can go up and deliver something that is confident and you're like, we're going to have a good time. I'm going to direct the show right now. You can kind of give them some ease of like the next 30 to 45 minutes. You're going to get a good show and you're going to be captivated. I mean, or that's what the point is. And that's what my job is. And so when you get that, no one wants to see anyone else uneasy and uncomfortable. So then when they get that, you know, that's really freeing for them and it's a good night. And then they can, you know, catch little things of lyrics. It's a little harder to hear those nuances and lyrics and live. So you have to depend a lot on energy. Um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing when you can give someone a good show. And, and I'm going to make an analogy here. When we are trying a case before a jury, we really change the manner in which we present based on the reactions of the jurors. And when you're on stage, does your band change the tempo, the tenor, the song choices based on input or reaction or enthusiasm from the crowd? There's been a few times we have, um, we have certain sets we do that are a little heavier and well, the flow is heavier. We usually play the same songs for the most part, but sometimes if it's a later show at a smaller bar that's a little divier, we'll start off with the heavier ones, you know, or if it's like H and eighth, we'll do more of like a down tempo, try to ease them in with the poppier stuff. If it's going to be a bigger, more random crowd full of all kinds of people that might be coming there for different reasons and different interests. But um, so, yeah, if it's like a gritty show, we'll usually turn it up a little bit, get a little nuttier with it. So, yeah, we definitely try to adhere to what we think the crowd's going to need or want or the venue that we're at will need. And the sound, you know, some places the sound is crazy. And so I'm a big fan of LCG and the X and you get great music. I, I posted a link 
to one of your videos, which was a lot of fun. When people want to track you down, want to to listen to what you have to play, how do they find you? Um, we're on Spotify. We're on we have the video on YouTube. Um, we're on Bandcamp. That's kind of our main website is Bandcamp. We don't actually have an official website, but all of our merch and all our album and everything is on Bandcamp. And uh, you can just Google LCG and the X and Bandcamp. You know, those keywords will get you there. Um, but also if you just Google LCG and the X, it'll show you everything. I mean, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're not on TikTok yet, but that's my next goal. Maybe tonight I do. But um, and then also I think we're on Amazon Music, Apple Music, I'm sure, Spotify. I already said that. Yeah, you can like come to my house yeah. and you, just... you can come in my car, listen to it. <laughs> just not... Yeah. Morgan, um, anything else you want to share with the audience today? Oh, not really. Just good luck to everybody and all the other performance that, performers out there that aren't able to perform right now. I know it's been kind of rough. It's put me into a tailspin mentally at times, but I think we're hopefully seeing some light at the end of the tunnel as far as getting out of that. I know the bars and the venues are struggled a lot, so I wish them luck. And once we do open back up, please go out and support local music and local venues. That this is all they do and this is what they love. And it's their life passion. And I have to give you a compliment. And this is going to be hard for me to say, but I don't dish out compliments very often. Your personality is such a team player that you genuinely want fellow artists, um, fellow bands, even the venues to succeed. And in my opinion, that makes you a success. Uh, I'm proud of you. I think I think what you do is um, inspiring and in that you follow your passion. You took risks. You've dated everybody in the music scene. You've gone up and down. Um, I'm proud of you, Morgan. And I hope that you continue pursuing your dream. And I hope everything works out perfectly for you. Thank you. I wish the same for you. <laughs> we'll see you, Morgan. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see yeah. you for episode four of Pepper's Podcast in a couple of weeks.